welcome to the Record Rangers podcast with me, Johnny McFarlane. Joining me today is Scott McDermott, the Chief Sports Writer of the Sunday Mail, and Andy Newport of PA. Welcome, gentlemen. Hi, Johnny. Good to have you both on the podcast again. And finally, we have a bit of conflict to discuss, given that <laughs> Rangers were pretty awful, you have to say, at the weekend against Hamilton. And, uh, I mean, you have to obviously caveat that by saying, lads, that they've been absolutely tremendous this season. They're still unbeaten, so it's, it's kind of difficult to stick the boot in. But, Scott, I mean, were you surprised by the, the paucity of quality inherent in this performance? Oh, of course, Johnny. It was the worst, worst Rangers performance of the season uh, by, some, by some distance. Um, you're right, it's hard to be critical, but, Listen, you can only kind of call it as you see it over the course of a 90 minutes. Rangers are on the cusp of a title, so every game is important now in the in the running. Um, and they were really poor on Sunday. I mean, if it wasn't for Alan McGregor, they could have easily lost to Hamilton Ackes, who had bought me the league you know, 3-1, 4-1. It could have been anything like that if McGregor had made, had made one of his best games. Um, and listen, it's no often this season... Steven Gerrard has got it wrong or faced a wee bit of, wee bit of criticism, but I think he got it wrong on Sunday with his team selection. And I think post-match, he pretty much admitted that himself. Um, I mean, I, I, I understand he's got to rotate and you know, guys need to get rested. Guys like Steven Davis played a lot of football, but I'm sorry, when you're, when you're five wins for the you know, your first title in 10 years, you don't leave three of your best players on the bench, Ryan Jack, Stephen Davis and, and Kmar Roof for, a, for an away game, albeit against the, the team that's bought me the league, but against a team that's fighting on an astral tough pitch. Um, I just thought he got it, got it totally wrong. And as I say, I think after the game, he pretty much admitted that himself and he, and he won't do it again. Andy, that's a popular opinion amongst the support, certainly from what I've seen on social media. Is, is that a, a sentiment that you agree with, that Stephen Gerrard did in fact pick the wrong side? Yeah, I mean, I think well, he, he admitted so much as as much as that after the game, saying that he, he can't really sort of play Ryan Jack and, and Stephen Davis in, in every single game. I think the surprise is that Ryan Jack is is only sort of just back from injury, so you think he would be fairly fresh in that sense. But you know, maybe just with the plastic pitch, he's, he's not going to take any more risks with them. Um, I suppose one thing you can say is that you know this Rangers team is sort of you know they've they've, they've developed the right to have an off day if you want to put it that way you know they've, they've been you know terrific this season they've got such a huge lead that yeah okay it was a bad performance but you know it's not really going to do them any harm that they're still six wins away from the title um you know they've, they've got a couple of home games coming up that if they bounce back after this then i'm sure nobody will really be too concerned yeah it was a bad day at the office steven gerrard I sort of put that point to him after the game, and he, he didn't really accept that. I mean, fair play to him. He was he, he wasn't shying away from the fact that it was as he admitted himself, it was a worst display of the season, even worse than the the St. Mirren game, the League Cup that they lost. But yeah, I mean, they've um, you know what can you say? They, out of you know, I think that was they've played something like forty games this season. I mean, that's the the worst one they've played. So yeah. Uh, you know, disappointing for for the Rangers supporters and that they didn't get to see their team win at the weekend. But you know, I don't think it, it does them too much too much damage sort of in the grand scheme of things. Johnny, I just think um, if Steven Gerrard wanted to rest players or, or, or give them a break, then surely you no, know, you just go and get the title one. You no, know, you get the five wins and then 
No, they get the title in the bag. He could have five, six games at the end of the season where he can play, no play guys like Zungu and Itten and and get them minutes. Um, also, I mean, in terms of people, I heard people on social media saying, "Oh, European games coming up." Well, the European game is a week on Thursday. No, they've got a full week this week to prepare for Kilmarnock, which is a a home game uh, on Saturday again. If you want to leave Stephen Davis out, no, do, do it in the, the home game against against Kelly when it's only three or four games before the Europa League tie. Listen, I, I just think, no, they've been magnificent this season. Again, it, it's very difficult to, to have a go at them. Stephen Gerrard has, got, has, has been flawless almost this season in terms of team selection and systems and game plans or whatever. But I just think he'll really regret... Um, no, he's no the players that he picked uh, on on Sunday. I just thought it was unnecessary. I thought I thought it was a wee bit no dare I say a wee bit complacent. I think they've turned up there thinking we're playing against the bottom of the league. They should be able to get they should be able to get through it comfortably. Um, getting a couple of guys a game that, that have near the game in a while. But as Andy touched on. They tried it against St Mirren in the Betfred Cup, bringing Zungu and Bassi and people like that in. It didn't work that night, and it certainly didn't work on Sunday. And I actually think, you know, if you're a Hamilton player on Sunday, or if you're Brian Rice on Sunday, and you see the team coming in though an hour before kickoff, you see Jack and Davis and Roof on the bench. I think that, you no, know, that actually does your team talk for you because if I'm Brian Rice, I'd be saying, no, listen, this, you no, know, this team are turning up here. I think it's going to be easy playing fringe players. That would fire me up as a as a Hamilton player, and I thought Hamilton were were terrific and you no know, Rangers Rangers got what they deserved um, and well they actually didn't get what they deserved they deserved to get beat uh, they were lucky to get away with a point Listen I need to give a bit of a defence to Stephen Gerrard I wrote a piece defending him um, during the week for the website because I don't actually agree with a lot of what you're saying um, I think part of the reason well, that Rangers have been so successful well here we go. Can I, oh, I'm looking forward to this <laughs> <laughs> the problem is I'm disagreeing the resident with fan well. has his say <laughs> well, hips are doing well. What can I say? <laughs> you know, I think um, Stephen Gerrard's success largely this season has been about the ability that he has throughout his squad. So uh, the depth of squad in central defence, for example, where you have Balogun and Helander swapping around um, without losing any quality at all, has been key to that defensive those defensive numbers, I think in midfield, the the rotation between Davis, Kamara, Aribo and Jack uh, has allowed this to keep those players fresh. And listen, if you're going to bring in Zungu to the, the, the club, you need to give him actually a chance to adapt to Scottish football and adapt to the team. Now, a Ryan Jack or a Stephen Davis has had years of working under this uh, structure that Gerrard's put in place. So they know exactly where they need to go. It's going to take time for Zungo to get used to it. I don't think it was a big ask from Steven Gerrard to say, can you go in against the bottom side in the league and allow us to freshen up our midfield a little bit and expect him to perform? Now, it might be a good idea that he's put him in because perhaps he's learned a few things about Zungo. I thought he was largely anonymous and, and gave away a few silly uh, balls and, and, and positions that were not clever for Rangers during that game so I don't think he did himself any favours whatsoever but I don't think many people before that game were saying Stephen Gerrard shouldn't be playing Itten or they sh- he shouldn't be playing Zungu, I think they were saying no, this is a good game to, to bring out some uh, players who haven't had a lot of minutes 
It just seems, no, listen, it seems obvious. I, I, no, I agree, I agree with you that it's ultimately it's the players' responsibility to perform. I mean, I don't listen. It's the players' fault for not performing. Atten was poor. Zungu was really poor. Uh, no, as you say, he should be able to get against Hamilton. No, at the kind of as the pivot of Rangers midfield and be able to control that game. I mean, if he's any hopes of staying at Rangers long term, then you would ex- no, you'd expect him to do that. He's the two two starts now away to St Mirren, away to Hamilton. He's not been able to do it on either occasion, and Rangers haven't won any of the game. So of course just, that's on just, the, that's just that's on, on the player. On that, Scott Zungu to me just looks like a player who's used to a, a much slower pace of football. Yeah, he's very 100%. tidy on the ball for most of the time. He zips the ball with a real pace, but but at the same time he's just it's almost yeah. strolling through games. Yeah, and you can't do so, that, Scott. He's, he's too hesitant no. for me. There's times yeah. where he's just he's not up to the pace, whether it be the pressing or the, the pressure he comes under. Uh, when he does get in the ball sometimes I think he, he wants a bit of time to look about and pick the option where you just yeah. don't really get that especially I mean I, I was at the game on Sunday and you know there was a sort of arctic blast sort of whipping around the place it's obviously it's difficult enough to sort of trap the ball in that plastic pitch at the best of times without the sort of wind swirling around as there was and you I just don't think he's, as you say, he's attuned to, to the pace of the game here. As for that, and I must say, I disagree with Scott. I, I thought it was, was very good in terms of his link-up play, especially first half. I just don't think he got the service. And yeah, there's maybe an argument that he's not quite as direct himself. He could maybe be a bit more selfish at times um, in the way that the other strikers are. But I think looking at Kamar Roof's performance against Johnson, I don't I, I don't think he deserved to, to keep his place as much as obviously they decided to contest his, his ban for that challenge of Murray Davidson. I, I think the reason he got that ban or that he'd been given a notice of complaint was because for the umpteenth time in that game, he lost control of the ball and was forced to uh, sort of scramble back, and that's how he ends up making the challenge. So I no, think I, deserved, I, I think it deserved his deserved his start. So I, I mean, I don't, and, 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 and as, as Johnny says, I mean, the end of it, was it Rangers are due to pay Amiens was it two and a half, two point seven million quid to yeah. sign at this end of the season? If they're going to make that, if they're going to pay that fee, make that outlay, they need to see what this guy can do. And I think so far he's got a wee bit to go to to show that. He deserves to be to be at Ibrox next season. Well, I, I would say, uh, listen, I get your point on Itten. No, it's maybe a bit harsh. You know, he he wasn't as bad as Zungu. I mean, ultimately the midfield was the was the problem because that's no, that's the hobby you're you're playing if you like. Mm-hmm. You're, no, they're going to dictate the, the tempo. And Johnny, you're saying about uh, no rotating the defenders. So he's rotated the back three, but but he never leaves Goldson. It no, whether it's Hillander or, or uh, Balligan. He knows that he has to have Goldson beside one of them. Now, I would mm. make the same argument for midfield. You can rotate your midfield if you like, but don't leave Jack and Davis out at the same time. Now, I don't think that's happened too often this season. Obviously, the St Mern game was a, a prime example when uh, Davis had to come on late on and ended up scoring, nearly got, him, nearly got him back in it. But you cannot leave Davis and Jack out of the team at the at the same time. I mean that midfield Zungu, Kamara, Aribo for me was just never never going to work. I mean I don't know, we might go on to Aribo later, but again, no, he's got to give far more, I think. I don't think he delivered uh, either at the weekend again. Um but I just don't think with Davis <coughs> Davis and Jack, you see the difference in performance when Davis and Jack came on. I mean it was night and day, no, be, before they were introduced. Um no, up to tempo, got a hold of the ball, took responsibility, played forward passes, you know, kept possession far more. It was 
No, the difference was incredible. And as we spoke about right at the start, Steven Gerrard knows it. Now, he admitted it after the game. He knows that he shouldn't have left Davis and Jack on the bench. One of them, fine. Leave Davis on the bench. He's played a lot of no, he's played a lot of football. But as Andy said earlier, Jack's coming back. I thought he looked really fresh the couple of games he's played already. He looked fresh again when he came on. Um, I think that was the that was the big mistake on Sunday. But there's there's other elements there as well, Scott, in terms of the way Rangers are addressing injuries. You know, I think you had a tweet that was very popular at the weekend, saying that you know managers nowadays are obsessed with loads and yeah. all these elements to make sure players are fresh. But Jack's had injury problems, and it's a plastic pitch. And I think Jack's had, I think I'm right in saying he's had some knee in- injuries over his career. So yeah. so perhaps you just want to be well, careful. Johnny, can I, Johnny, he can either play on it or he can't. I mean, he came on for, what, 30, 35 minutes and was fine. Mm. So I'm sorry. Yeah, but I mean, it's I know, about minimising risk. Oh, come on, I know it's all about numbers and loads and all that. You're five games away for a title. No, so he can play for 35 minutes, but he can't play for 65 minutes. I mean, why, if, why, if, no, if, why no start him, get the game won, and then take him off? Because it is a risk-reward factor, and what they'll be looking at is the reaction if he plays that game. And then, you know, at the end of the day, Rangers lose him through injury. People say, well, why was he playing I on th- a plastic pitch? I, th- I, think, I think the other thing to consider is that once the Rangers got their, their noses in front, I mean, they've got Stephen Davis and Ryan Jack on the park when they're running a lot with 10 minutes to go, and they didn't control their final 10 minutes. I mean, the Aki's were pouring bodies forward, and Rangers didn't see the game out in the way that we have seen them do this this season. I mean, that's why I'm a bit reluctant to throw them under the bus too much after that performance, because we've seen in other games, you know, whether it be Hibs or even St. John's the other day, when there's, they've got a narrow lead and, and they've successfully, you know, seen out the game. Yeah, they didn't manage it the but, weekend. But, I mean, they're two, they're two inches away. If McGregor pushes that ball slightly more to his, away to his left, Carlton doesn't get the fall up and Rangers get the points. I mean, it was small margins, yeah. Disappointing result, but you know this team has, has got enough sort of credit in the bank that they can get away with that. I think, yeah. Oh, of course, yeah. of course. Listen, I'm not, I'm not throwing them under the bus. I just mm-hmm. think, no, I just think it was a mistake. And as we know, yeah. Gerard, Gerard's admitted it. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, if he'd, if he'd come out after the game, I think there'd been a lot more debatable if he'd come out after the game and think and said, no, I think I get it, get it spot on. It was just one of the days, blah blah blah. But I think the fact that he's come out and admitted after the game. He got it wrong that, that he knows. Um, and listen, you're right, at 1 0, of course you'd see the game. I mean, I thought they were controlling the game when they came on. It was literally only the, you know, the last couple of minutes. I thought mm-hmm. they had kind of stemmed Hamilton's attacks you know, for most of the second half and then they get the goal. Um, but it was just that last couple of minutes, obviously. And Davis, no, but we're praising Davis. No, Davis was uh, maybe culpable at the, at the goal in terms of letting the, letting the cross get into the box. But as I say, you couldn't begrudge Hamilton a, a point. Um, and uh, listen, I'm not being I'm not being over over critical. I'm just saying no. t- team team selection. Um, I just think when you're so close to a title, you play your best team in every game where, where possible. I don't think you no, know, a Walter Smith or a Graham Souness or a Jock Wallace or whoever, when they're five games away for a title, would be would be resting players and leaving guys in the bench because they were playing against the bottom of the league. Um, and I think Gerard knows that now. I do think it's refreshing for him, though, to hear him come out and basically, you know, criticise his players when they are so close to a title. Yeah. I think it tells you something about the standards he's setting. If they don't meet it, you know, then he's going to let them know, no matter, 
you know, what they've done this season. So, I mean, at the end of the day, he's not going to change his standards just because the club is so close to winning a title. I think he, he expects a certain level of performance every game, no matter what point of the season it's at. And, and by the way, also, I mean, I know we're focusing in on Zungu or, or Atten or whatever, and I, no, I'm no singling them out because the whole team was poor. Yeah. I, mean, Tavernier, Cert- yeah. I, I thought Tavernier had his worst game of the season by by, by a distance. Hollander um, and Yep, Hollander looked a bit ropey. I thought uh, Kamara, who was praised to the hilt, you know, quite rightly up until now, and he was the guy before the game, you know, when you see that three-man midfield, you're expecting Kamara to really take a hold of the game because he's the guy with the, you know, the real experience. He's kind of been there. He's the regular that, that, that plays you know, most weeks. He had a poor game as well. So, listen, it's no, it's no singling out Zungu or, or, or Itten or, or even the manager. It was a, it was a, I thought he made a bad mistake with team selection and then the players just on the day were, were really poor and Ham, Hamilton were excellent. Yeah, absolutely. Hamilton were terrific. And and listen, the one man that did stand out as having an excellent performance, you could argue that the, the only Rangers player that really gave the kind of performance you would expect would be um, Al McGregor, who yeah. once again proves his worth, Scott. And, you, you know, there's, there's all this talk. I, I heard Barry Ferguson talking about it last week about the potential for him wanting to leave on a high, you know, and that Rangers would have to spend a fortune to, to replace yep. him. And, that's surely true, isn't it? I mean, I know he's 39, but he's performing at a level that you would associate with a much younger man. Yeah, 100%. Uh, I couldn't agree more. I mean, the saves were terrific. Kept Rangers in the game on Sunday. And listen, even more than the saves, you know, when you're watching the game on TV and you see McGregor you know, shouting and bawling, berating guys for you know, poor defensive mistakes and even after the game you could see how angry he was um, immediately after the game and then, and then in his his post-match interview you know, he didn't, didn't beat about the bush with his, his comments about Rangers being being rubbish I mean he you know, we all expect Rangers to get over the line and he'll be one of the guys you know, along with your Stephen Davises that'll, you know, that'll, that'll drag them over the line if you like um, he's been absolutely vital to Rangers I think the forum he's in just now if no, if McGregor wants it, then there's no doubt you would they would sign him up for another year because if he's performing like that, he can easily go on for for another year or two at this, well, listen, at this level. Listen, Scott, but is what do you make of the argument that there is a, a reason for him to call it a day? I mean, draw a line under it now. You know, leave and when you're 39, you leave a legend. You know, you're, you're leaving at the right time. Do you buy that? Or do you always want, huh. as a player, to, to last as long as you possibly can? Well, I mean, I understand that. I understand where you're coming through that. But, you no, know, ultimately, it'd be up to Alan McGregor. We, we know he's a winner. Um, no, we know he loves being at Rangers. Um, he's clearly performing. No, he's been outstanding this season. Did you say just turned 39? It's not as if, you no, know, you're looking at Rangers as a club or as a team. And you're thinking, or no, sometimes with teams and squads, you think, well, this, no, maybe in a downward slide, or maybe in their way out, and no, that would make you as a player at that age think maybe this is the right time to go. I mean, I think we all accept Rangers under Gerrard are a team on the up. They look as if they're going to get better. No, if they get trophies in the bag this season, they want to go and add to it again next season. So I mean, there's no reason why, no, in another year, Alan McGregor couldn't go out 
on a high. Um, ultimately, it was his personal choice, how he feels physically, whether he's ready to go for another season. But certainly looking at him at the moment, looking at that passion and drive and enthusiasm he seems to have, and that hunger to, to win. No, allied. No, join that up with his, his actual performances in the pitch. Then I see no reason why he'll not be there next season. I think if Rangers have got any ambitions of you know qualifying for the Champions League and you know doing well on that, then they need to keep Alan McGregor because yeah. you know obviously the level of opposition will go up again next season in, in terms of European adventures and you know that's a that's a stage that he's absolutely built for. He's you know he's been vital the last couple of seasons. What what Rangers have done and. Uh, if they want to go that next that next step next season, then I think they need to keep him because he's he's been absolutely sensational at thirty. As you say thirty nine year old to be throwing himself a bit like that as he was at the weekend was just so impressive. And as you say, Andy, I mean Champions League qualifiers are going to come round quickly. I mean if if McGregor isn't going to be there next season, no, especially when it's a keeper, Rangers recruitment's going to be absolute need to be absolutely spot on. If you're going to have a new goalkeeper coming in, no. No July, then you've got end of July, first Champions League qualifiers, and a new guy is getting thrown into that. No, you're taking a big, a big gamble. No, listen, if McGregor decides that he doesn't want to stay on, then that's no, that's a situation you're going to need to, you're going to, need to deal with, you're going to, need to embrace. But no, we've seen across the city bringing in a new goalkeeper, big money, international keeper. No, it doesn't always, doesn't always work out. So if you're going to get the Champions League qualifiers, July, ask any Rangers fan. No, who they want, who they want in goal. No, McGregor, they, they will want McGregor in goal uh, for these for these games coming up. Yeah, John McLaughlin hasn't let Rangers down any point. He's come in this season, but Al McGregor is one, maybe two, maybe three yeah, runs level. above him. Yeah, I mean, yep. just as much as I say, John McLaughlin's done fine. I mean, he's got a ridiculous amount of clean sheets for the number of games he's played this season. But Al McGregor is absolutely, you know, he's he's verging on world class the way he's performing at the moment. Is he at a level a little bit like perhaps Moussa Dembele was and Kieran Tierney was for Celtic where he's just, you can't replace him. He's too good because going out and getting a guy who's as good as Alan McGregor is now is just beyond Rangers' budget. If you want to guarantee it, yeah. But, you know, who knows? You, could, you can go and, you know, pull a rabbit out of the hat as, as Rangers have done at other times. I mean, McGregor, I mean, I don't, you know, when he came into the team ahead, was it, was it the boy Letizia? Yeah. Back in the day, I mean, everyone thought that was a gamble replacing uh, Letizia at the time because he'd come in with Gwen, but McGregor's turned out to be, you know, a sensational servant to Rangers. So yeah, I mean, if you want to guarantee in terms of going and signing a, a world class goalkeeper, yeah, that's beyond Rangers. But you know, they might have to roll the dice if that is if it happens to be the case. I mean, you know, Robbie McCrory sort of dropped out of the pitch at 11 a wee bit, but obviously they had high hopes for him, but maybe they just go with McLaughlin and just hope that he's a steady pair of hands that, that gets them through. Scott, in terms of the overall level of performance in the last few games, there's no doubt that I think Rangers have slightly dropped off in terms of um, the, the quality of their football, with the Ross County game perhaps taking apart from, from the rest. Is there a, a little concern about a few players? The ones that come to mind would be maybe James Tavernier, Ryan Kent, just just not quite firing in the way they have been previously in the season and looking maybe like they could do with a, a wee shot of, of confidence. Maybe, Johnny. I mean, I think probably again since the turn of the year there has been a slight drop-off. I mean, no nearly as much, obviously, as, as what happened last season. As you say, you think you're Ross County at home... 
I think uh, the first hour against Aberdeen at Pataudry, I think the second half against Motherwell at Firth Park, and they absolutely pummeled them. So, I mean, it's not been nearly as bad as, as a year ago, but I think there maybe has been a slight a slight drop-off in performance. I mean, it hasn't really affected them too much, points-wise, even though we're talking about a draw on, a draw on Sunday. But, listen, it might just be the... No, it might just be... Dare I say it, you know, feeling that wee bit of pressure just as you approach the, the finishing line, you know, when you get to five, six games to go um, to get that elusive title. Um, talk about guys like Tavernier, I mean, what he's been through to get to where he is just now with Angels, you know, knowing that he's he could be the guy that goes and lifts this, lifts this trophy um, after so long. I mean, I, I definitely thought he'd a, he'd a poor game on, on Sunday. Um, Kent... The one thing I say about Kent is, is even when he's no playing, no playing well, he still goes and tries and makes things happen. I mean, I admire that about him because he, you know, he goes and takes the ball again and again. And even if he tries to go by a man two or three times, doesn't quite happen. He'll go again. I mean, you've got to admire that kind of mentality, and I think that's why he does play all the games and he doesn't get taken off very often. Ryan Kent. Um, but you're right. I mean, there may be one or two. I mean, again, Aribo. No, we could have uh, eulogised about him a couple of weeks ago when he scored the goal against Ross County, saying that's what, that's what he has to produce more of. Um, and we were right. And it, But again, on Sunday, we're playing that three-man midfield. I think he's got to take a lot more responsibility. I think he's got to make a lot more things happen. I think there are periods in the game where he can, where he can disappear and you don't notice that he's not been on the ball for no five, ten minutes. Um, I think Rangers need more out of Aribo and we've spoken before on here about how it's frustrating watching them at times because you know the abilities there and the talents there um, but listen you're right maybe there's been one or two slightly dropped off as I say I don't think it's been it's been huge I still think they'll you know, they'll go over the line as Andy says I've got a couple of home games coming up um, so I don't think it's a major concern but certainly one or two in the next couple of weeks are going to need to, going to, need to up their performance levels I think I think as well something that Stephen Gerrard's referenced before is you know, just the general you know you're coming to winter, it's you know cold as wind. Yeah. The, the pitches have yeah. been largely pretty horrendous. I mean even say even though you're on a plastic pitch at the weekend, it's the ball was bouncing everywhere with the wind. Um, you know, Ibrox isn't in a great place, a great state in terms of pitch. Easter Road other week was pretty minging. Um, so I think that, Is that the technical know, term, Andy? Yeah, I mean, just the amount of times you're seeing the same guys, you know, good players like, uh, you know, like you know, whether it be Aribo or, or Hadji and or Ken, and their first touch through no fault of their own is bouncing up at their throat. And I think that just we things like that. It's that Rangers aren't passing the ball with quite the same zip they did at the start of the season when they're playing a nice like from from track. Yep. So no, I think I that's. That. I mean, Gerard Gerard has referenced that. You know, this time of year. You know, it takes a wee bit more, more out of the legs as well when you have to try and twist and turn on those sort of soft uh, soft surfaces. So, you know, that, I mean, maybe hopefully as the weather improves in the weeks to come, you'll see Rangers uh, sort of get a wee bit more of the flooded back. But I think that's, de- that's it's a contributing factor. I'm not saying it's definitely a blame, but it's one of the things that sort of limits the, how effective the team can be. Yeah, well, listen, guys, we're going to move on now to, to Kmar Roof and um, the news that his uh, appeal will be heard tomorrow, not today. Now, that, that, that was this morning on the SFA's website uh, that they let us know that. I'm just wondering, guys, 
why you think Rangers have appealed that and, and if they have a chance of getting it overturned, I thought it was a, a red card all day long. However, I can see the argument that they might go down because I've seen Kmart Roof make that move and he's so good at making that move yeah. 10, or, 10 or 11 times. You know, he spins his body around, plants his foot and uses his backside to hold players off. He's extremely strong. So as soon as you see it, you can tell he, he didn't mean it. But at the same time, he's still connected um, with Murray Davidson's ankle. So, so I, I just wonder if you felt that there's a, a reasonable argument they could have that might be able to get them away with this or get well, the player away with it. I, th- I think they'll appeal it because they think there is a reasonable argument. Um, and it's partly because of what you're talking about. I think they'll claim there was no intent there. Um, it was a movement to try and get in front of the player, not to shield the, shield the ball. As you say, a, a movement that he does fairly often in games and is normally quite good at. Um, I think Rangers will also argue about you know, the ref's view of it in terms of whether he's seen it. I mean, you've seen the pictures, you know, still pictures and video pictures. It's certainly. I think that'll be their biggest complaint yeah. is that the referee has seen this incident. It's been yeah. dealt with at the time. I think they'll argue that just because he's made a mistake in the day doesn't mean that he hasn't seen it and that therefore that it doesn't the game shouldn't therefore be re refereed. Yeah. I think that'll be their biggest element. And also and if the referee is is going to claim that no he couldn't see it or he no his view was blocked, then Rangers are within their rights to say, Well why why are you dishing out a yellow card then? Yeah. If you've yeah. no if you've not seen it properly. So um, I mean I think I mean I can agree that the, the whole point of this retrospective action, the SFA's ability to use it, is to make sure that decisions that should have been dished out on the day are dished out. Yeah. But I don't think that excuses just poor refereeing mistakes. Everyone inside the stadium, not that there was many, knew that that was a pretty bad challenge by Kamal Roof. Yeah, no malice, but reckless. He's tackled somebody half up his leg. It probably should have been a red card. But if the referee doesn't see that in the day, and he's got a clear view of it. Surely the SFA should be looking at David Monroe and asking about his levels of officiating rather than yeah. go back and re-refereeing games. That's obviously going to frustrate uh, Rangers. We've all seen that obviously Rangers are unhappy, level of consistency. They seem to get more scrutiny on them than certainly. I'm not just saying about Celtic, but you know they get more scrutiny on them than teams in the rest of the league because there's more cameras at their games generally. They get their TV more often, so challenges in other games is that. Don't get uh, that are just as bad as Kamal Roof one. Don't seem to get the same scrutiny because they don't have the same level of coverage on them. But I think definitely, you know, the question should be why did David Monroe miss that challenge rather than you know can we go back and, and re-referee a game that's already been completed? Well, I mean, it doesn't help. It doesn't help St Johnson in any case. You know, get dishing out a, a retrospective band. You know, when he's you know. You know, Rangers are due to play Kamarok uh, soon, so I mean, you know. But that's the big issue, Andy. That's the big issue: the the, the retrospective nature of refereeing mm-hmm. decisions. And I think it's a larger issue than just this tackle, and it's a larger issue than just Rangers. Yeah, definitely. For me, as I, I say, you know, Rangers are playing Kamarok the next week. You know, so the Rangers are going to be potentially without Kamar Roof. That doesn't help St Johnston. It doesn't help St Johnston the day. It doesn't help St Johnston if uh, Kamar like spark a run and, and you know end up finishing above them in the table. That's you know Kamar Roof should have been punished on the day by David Monroe and he wasn't. The question is why wasn't he punished? Because well, he was started. punished. He was really <laughs> Yeah, but I mean he didn't get the punishment that was probably deserved, which should have been a red card. 
I don't think but, doubts that it was a red card, but it's the re-refereeing of it that will be the thing that concerns Rangers. I, I think they should simplify the process and say, if the referee has made a decision on a challenge, that's it. You've you've had it. Exactly. This idea of I, I I saw it but I didn't see it. You know, it's yeah. it's sort of Orwellian double talk. Yeah. I, I or, just or do I, not I, like I saw, it at all. I saw it. I saw it, but I didn't realise how bad it was. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, 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 that's ridiculous. That seems to be the kids in this case. That seems to be exactly. what it is in this case. Because he has seen the challenge. He's booked him. There's a picture of him looking right at the challenge. But he hasn't realised how bad it was. I mean, yeah. that just says to you more about the referee standard than, than, yeah. than anything else. So, We've yeah. seen it before with Alan McGregor when he made a bad challenge um, against Aberdeen. I think it was Sam Cosgrove he caught with his leg. And the, the referee is looking right at it. Uh, sorry, Lewis Ferguson. Absolutely, yes. Um, but th- this is just a nonsense, this whole idea. I'm all for the SFA going back and having a look at things that need to be dealt with, but it can't be re-refereeing the no, game. Exactly. The, the referee and their decision is final. That's sacrosanct in football's yeah, rule. Exactly. And it needs to remain so. It's, it's not a way for a, for a reason. 100%. Listen, I thought compliance officers in retrospective action were brought in for off-the-ball incidents, di- diving and, and mistaken identity. And I've not got a problem with those three no. issues, the SFA looking back at that. But, I mean, this is it's getting ridiculous now. We're tackle, we're, we're a player's making a tackle in a game, albeit a, a bad tackle. Pro, no, deserves a red card once you've looked at it two or three times. But the referee's given a yellow card on the day, but we're going to then go through the game again and say, nah, no, it was a bit, that was a bit worse than I, than I thought. I mean, referees I are just redundant then. What was the point? Kamar Riff makes a good point. He actually put, posted a, on, I think it was an Instagram, a clip of the was it Liam Gordon incident on him back in yeah, September, right. start of the season, which is just as bad a tackle, if not more. There was more force in it. The, the boys slid through from four or five yards away, clattered right into him. That was that was I, th- I think it was reviewed, but they said that there was n- there was no room for um, retrospective punishment. So you can understand why there's this frustration. Uh, Andy, you're going, you're going to have you're going to have tackles every week. I mean, if, if that's the way we're if that's the route, no, the game's going down. It's going to be every week. Every week there's a bad tackle in a game that gets a yellow card. Where you think, well, that could have been worse, or or the, the player gets nothing, but it could have been a could have been a red card. I mean. Where do you where do you stop? I mean, the, the, only, exactly way, the only way it has to be far. It has to be it has to be done at the moment. You know, if there's a bad challenge, it has to be picked up right away. Doing it after the game helps no one because, as you say, if you're if you're suspending players after a game, it does the team that you've just played against the, the opponent that have you know been wronged in that sense. You know, St. Johnson should have been playing for ten men, against ten men for for seventy minutes. But then if you then keep roofing the park but then suspend him further down the line when he's missing games against teams that are roundabouts and Johnson the table that's a, that's a double whammy for St Johnson yeah. it has to be instantaneous or not at all my but also also what what happens if you know, the ball goes out of play for a, a throw in or a corner and you look back at camp we see it all the time you No know, throw in a corner you look back at the replay and think god he's got that totally wrong no it was never a corner team comes in scores a goal wins, wins 1-0 I mean, do we look at the game back and think, no, that shouldn't have been a corner there, shouldn't have got that goal? I mean, that that's re-refereeing yeah. the game. No, listen, we've all played football, we've been watching it for decades. No, there's bad decisions in games, referees make mistakes, that's part of the game. That's why we love the game, that's why we debate it. 
to now be looking back at tackles and saying, oh, no, it was a bit worse than we thought, we better, no, we need to ban him. No, taking, throwing the referee under the bus for a start, I mean, it's just, it's getting to the ridiculous stage and I don't know, I don't know where it's, where it's going, but it's, but it's no good. Scott, this happens every time they mess with the rules of football. I mean, we've seen it with VAR. Now, listen, yeah. the, the the idea behind VAR is sound. It's looking back at major incidents for obvious errors. Yeah. And they said that at the time. Don't worry, this is going to be obvious, clear and obvious issues. And now they've what they've done is they've started to judge offsides down to the millimetre. Yeah. Um, in a way that's actually, I think, scientifically unprovable by the looks of things. Yeah. It's you know, you know, I don't, I don't believe these millimeter offside calls. Now, why, why didn't they just stick to clear and obvious? And and for me, this is another example of it. As you described so well, keep this for off the ball incidents, serious issues that have happened that the referee hasn't seen. Yeah. Do not get into changing the way the game is, and that is a core principle. The referee decision is final. We do not re-referee games. It needs to go back to that. I can't believe we're agreeing on something so strongly, Johnny. I'm loving this. Loving it's very, it. very unusual. Listen, I'm, going to come I'm just to... surprised Johnny hasn't read us out something from the rule book so far. <laughs> well, yeah. I do have my iFab laws of the game open on my desk in front of me. But nevertheless, given that me and Scott are agreeing, I'm going to call an end to proceedings there. Thank you both for joining me today. Obviously, if you want to continue the debate, folks, you can get us on Twitter. I'm at Johnny R. McFarlane. Scott is at Scott McDermott 8. And Andy is Andy Newport. Well, actually, Andy, now that I'm away <laughs> to say this, you have had a bit of a Twitter meltdown, uh, haven't you? You're on I a get, new account. I, I get new code. Uh, somebody, what somebody, happened? Some bounder hacked my account. So, uh, um, Andy Newport, PA9. No, that's the, that's the new handle. Is that the old, that the old shirt number? Aye. Uh, oh, aye. Aye. First suggestion to pull that out of the kit bag, but I just lost the ten thousand followers, so that was a that was a, that was a sore, oh, sore one, mate. Sore one. Okay, um, if you like the podcast, we know many of you do. Please go and give us a five star review, as this gets it to as many people as possible. Until next time, thanks for listening.